0: Welcome to the City Church Symbol Podcast, Raising the Standard, and the Standard is Jesus. I'm looking at Numbers chapter 13, Numbers 13, turn your Bibles to Numbers 13. Is it it too cold? Really? Okay, because I'm watching you, you're all going, is it, okay, somebody fix that up. If you're next to your spouse, hug them. Keep them warm. If it's your fiancé, hands off. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. And then, and then later on, you're going to complain it's too warm, right? You are God's people. They're just like that. Numbers 13, verse 1. How many of you love the Old Testament? Three people. How many of you love the New Testament? How many of you love both Testaments? Okay. That's why you brought your Bibles. Numbers 13. And this is something we talk about very often because the Old Testament shows us patterns in the Old Testament that become very fantastic patterns for us to live in the New Testament. And this is, they got out of Egyptian bondage. We talk about that a lot. And uh, they're in the wilderness. I'm reading from verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying... Have you got that? I don't know what kind of verse that that is. It just stops in the middle of a sentence. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying... That's verse 1. Verse 2. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. And so... Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord. And all of them were men, all these men were heads of the children of Israel. There's one from each tribe. And so from there, in verse 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south, go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people are, who dwell there are strong or weak, few or many. That's how you spy. Okay? Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are, the, are like camps or are they like strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage, bring some of the fruit of the land, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And so I'm jumping forward in verse 25. They return. They returned from spying. After 40 days, they spied the land and then they returned. And then from there in verse 27, then they told Moses this. They made a report. We went to the land where you sent us. It is, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. anak. Okay? The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. Did you know there were so many arts? They dwelt by the sea and along the banks of Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land with which they spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Okay? And, and it's great stature. And then they described it, them even further in 33. And therefore we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So you, get, you getting the story? Are you listening? Yeah. So they went out to spy the land, and when the twelve came back, ten gave a bad report, two gave a good report. And the, the ten that gave a bad report says, you know, there's too many giants, it's just too big, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and they stirred the people, and the, the people now wanted to go back to Egypt and in chapter 4 one more verse so they said to one another let us select let us select a leader and return to Egypt i want to take this scriptures today and i want to talk to you about just a biblical pattern wherein we take there's, there's a road there's a map that we're going to show you in a while but israel we understand all of this all of us know this 400 years in slavery, right? Are you sure? Because this morning when we asked how many years, some said 40. 400. Come on, say 400. 400 years, the children of Israel were in slavery. They were crying out to God. They got out. We all know the story of the Red Sea. Now they're in the wilderness. And from the wilderness, you know, there's a, there, God now shows them, you know, I'm going to give you a land that flows with milk and honey. And just to be sure, they send out 12 spies to check out what the land is like. The 12 spies came back. They brought grapes with them. If you read in more detail, two men had to carry a cluster of grapes. Now, I really believe those were big grapes and not small men. Yes, because you can read it both ways, right? Because I think they, these were all heads. They were all leaders. And uh, the men were carrying Clusters of grapes so big that they they had to put it on a pole. Two men had to carry that. I don't know if it was a big cluster or the grapes were big like bongun. Wouldn't you love to have a grape this big? Can I have some grapes? Yeah, sure. I mean, two men had to carry the grapes, a cluster of grapes. They came back and they said, You know, the land does flow with milk and honey, but they're giants. Caleb stands up and says, nah, we can take that land. And so I want you to see how uh, we're going to talk about exceptional people. The person we're pulling out today is the man Caleb. Have you ever heard of Caleb? More accurately, Okay. And so Caleb shouts out, says, nah, we can take the land, we can do this. You ever seen a situation where everybody just says it can't be done, and then there's one exceptional person who just says, we can do this. And I pray you're the one. Okay, there's two people that are exceptional. And I want to talk to you about exceptional people today, and and you'll see more and more as we go through Caleb's life what, what his attitude was. Okay, listen up to me. They were slaves. Now they're free. Fantastic. we got a map that we want to show you, just just so that you you have a picture to look with. Um, On your right, you see a a dark green portion. That's Egypt. Okay? Now, excuse me. If you're Egyptian or your fiancé is Egyptian, Egyptian, don't take this personally, okay? We're using this as an analogy, but it's an actual thing that happened. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And then they, had, they cried out to God. They crossed the Red Sea as God delivered them. Remember the ten plagues? Was it ten or nine? Ten. This side doesn't know their Bibles at all. Okay. Ten plagues. They crossed the Red Sea. That orange portion, I hope it's orange on your screen. Yeah, excuse us. We didn't bring our, our lead wall yet. It's just... The orange part is, a wilderness, is the wilderness. It's a desert. Uh, it's the Sinai Peninsula. They're going to make this journey. Listen carefully. They're going to make this journey because on the le- on the right side of your screen, where the light green part, that is going to be the land. That's the land of Canaan that will eventually be Israel. Okay. So the journey was made by the t- twelve spies. Guess how long? Listen up. Guess how long it took them to make the journey. Just going there, spying out the land, going up the mountains, down to the sea, went all around, then came back, took them 40 days. Hello? In reality, if you just had to go there, they said, and then come back, you could walk it in about 11 days. This 40-day excursion to spy out the land, as they come back, eventually Israel will take 40 years to possess the land. Don't you think that's a little bit long? Have you met Christians that have taken a long time to grow? I'm sorry, it's not you. It's the one that's next to you that I'm talking about, all right? And so the point being, the, the next map, I want you to see how they go with that. This is the same map without any color now, but it's the red lines I want you to see, starting from from your left side. Is that your left side? Yeah. It starts from Egypt. You, got, you see the part that says Lower Egypt? I don't know why Lower Egypt is up on top. But this is how it is. I'd hate to know where Upper Egypt is. But Lower Egypt is up up, up north. You see the red lines. They cross the Red Sea. Notice how the red line goes south now. It goes down along the shore. I guess they didn't want to cross the the desert. So they're all down the shore. Look at the route that they take. They go all the way down. And then they go up again. You got that part? It's it's like a V. It's like a triangle. Now they go back up. And if you see that, it now loops. You see how it goes around, right? Yeah, because they actually go to the edge of the promised land. And then they come back again. And they, they go back to that point where there's that, that channel. They're there, and then they go up again, And but they go around. That's like going from the waterfront to Oak Ridge, but you decide to go to Danau first. Okay? And then you come back, and then you, you realize you know, it's, it's, like, it's just way off. The reason being, it's not because they got lost. They were following the leading of God, who led them by a cloud of glory by day and a pillar of fire by night. In other words, it wasn't God who really brought them down that far, even though He did. It was because of their stubbornness and disobedience, God would not let them possess something that they weren't ready to possess. Are you keeping up? Okay, so they came from Egypt and then they, they, they came from Egypt. They're crossing the wilderness what should have been 11 days now is taking them 40 years. And by the time they actually crossed the Jordan to step into the promised land, the original generation that came from Egypt had died. Uh, come on, you got to listen because I'm laying a foundation here. And, and if you don't get it, you, you don't get it. It's like, it's like the movie. When you start, you got to see the first part or else you won't understand the movie. Amen. So they're free. What a great feeling to be free. When your ancestors for 400 years have been slaves and you've been crying out, and all of a sudden God sets you free, they're now free. It's a fantastic feeling to be free. Are you slaves? I said, It's a fantastic feeling to be free. Amen. And so they, guess what happens? They're free now. And then, as they're out in the wilderness, the spies come back, and they decide, you know, let's all go back to Egypt. Why would you want to go back to your slavery when you're already free? Ever thought thought about that? It's a little bit crazy. It's like you've been in jail for 40 years, and then the warden lets you out. You can go out now, and you go out. 40 years. Everybody's on their cell phones. You're watching all the people. What are they doing? you want to say, I don't like the world. I want to go back to jail again. It's a little bit crazy to want to go back to jail, huh? Yeah. But that's what they were doing. They were 400 years. Their relatives and ancestors were in bondage. Now they get out. They have a taste of freedom. And then they decide, hey, this is hard. We want to go back to being a slave. You know why? Because when you really come to think about it, Freedom, freedom requires responsibility. It does. Independence demands maturity. You can't just, hey, I want to be free. Then they start to realize, yeah, it's hard, hard to be free. It's like that young kid who wants to break away from their parents. Ah, I'm going to live by myself. No? Before, just, ma, ah, gutom. Mom prepares dinner. It's when you want your independence. Yeah, we need some young people that they're that young adults or, or, or students. Yeah? Why? Because they don't like going to school. They have to report every day. So, you know what? It's really a lot harder. You try negotiate by yourself. It's a lot harder because when you are independent and free, independence requires maturity. Amen. <laughs> yeah, but my parents are so strict. Uh, I'm so in love with my, my, my friend, and we want to get married so we can be free. You're yeah, right. You don't know what you're talking about. Hello? Because once you're free, now it's like before you couldn't complain. You didn't have to complain because it was always the masters, the slave masters, who would control them. But with freedom comes option. And the ten said, it's not good. Let's go back. The option is the two said, no, let's go forward. Let's take the land. I'm leaving my parents. I want to get married. It necessitates maturity. To get out from under your parents and be free. When you do your own business, that means nobody tells you what time to wake up because you don't have a class schedule anymore. You're not in school anymore, so now you're so free, and you will know what you're really like when you have free time. Free time will reveal to you what you're really made of. Hello? Yeah. I mean, people say, how come City Church doesn't buy, build their own sanctuary? How come they don't build their own building? Are you kidding me? If this was our building, and we had to change the... Cloth. After the momentum of color me, can you imagine the suggestions from all the women who now have options of independent? Because it's not ours. This isn't ours, so we can't change it. Can you imagine if it was ours? Puede floral. Puede printed. Puede stripe. Puede murag stars. And if it is ours, who's gonna wash it this week? Which cell group would like to take charge of the laundry this week? You know what we'd rather do? Just come in. We pay you. You guys do the washing. Because if this is our place, then the carpet, somebody's going to get scolded for all the things on the ground. You'd have to vacuum. We'd tell you to leave your shoes outside or something. But this is not ours. We're enslaved to somebody we're paying. But now if we're free and it's ours, the argument's of churches, of what to do to the church when they want to paint it, when they want to change the chairs, when they want to do anything. There's an argument because with freedom comes options. Amen. Hello? Can you imagine if there was freedom and you could do anything you want? You could marry, what, three wives? I'm just glad with one. She's more than enough for me. She's too much sometimes. <laughs> and the feeling is mutual. You see, see, when there's freedom doesn't mean there's if there's no law, then you can be lawless. See, they got out and all of a sudden they got this taste of freedom. And they didn't know what to do with it. Because before they were they were whipped to work. And now they're out there, there's nothing to work. And before, they were fed. They didn't have to look for food. They were slaves, but they were fed. Now they have to wait for food, and they're complaining. You know what happens with freedom sometimes? Because of the options, complainers come about. You put a lot of freedom, then there's a lot of complainers. I mean, look at the driving in the Philippines, in Cebu. Everybody's free to do what they want. They drive the way they want to. They U-turn when they want to. We're talking about you. And so with the freedom comes this responsibility. All of you that want to get married, grow up first. You better be good with your ma- money management. Amen. I, I know of a couple, uh, every once in a while, the husband still goes home just for a few moments just to eat at his mother's table. I said, no, 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 leave and cleave. That's what it means to be free. And there's a responsibility, there's a price to pay for being free. And they don't know what free is, so now they're free. And they realize, man, we've got to wake up really early every morning just to get food for the day. They had to collect manna. And when the sun rose, the manna disappeared. So, ang dugay <laughs> mo bangun, Responsibility. Amen. And so with this freedom that they now have, there was a, a clamor that, you know, let's go back to Egypt. And two exception, one exceptional person stands up. His name is Caleb. He says, no, we can do this. We can take this land. We talked about lands before. We said Egypt. Remember the map? Yeah, put the orange map, green-orange map on again. We said Egypt is the land before of not enough because they were slaves. The wilderness, the orange part, is the land of just enough, because they just got food for the day. They couldn't store the food. If they collected too much, it would rot with maggots. Okay, you know what a maggot is? Yeah, that jerk who's trying to court you is a maggot. (laughs) Okay, okay. They were in the land of just enough. They, they, they were from the land of not enough. They went to the land of just enough. But God was promising them a land of more than enough. The land that flows with milk and honey. That's fantastic. So the tw- 12 spies go out. They come back after 40 days. So we can take this. Only took us 40 days to go there, search the land, and come back. So it's not going to take us very long. What they didn't realize, it was going to take them 40 years. And many of you know 40 years is a little bit too long? Yeah? Okay. So they come, they come to that. And I want you to realize something here. That as you see these three sections of land from Egypt to the wilderness to the promised land, from the land that is not enough to just enough to more than enough, I want you to ask yourself, where are you in the geography of all of this? Even as a church, I want to look at ourselves, are we a church of not enough, or are we a church of just enough, or are we a church of more than enough? I'd like to be the church of more than enough, because then we can help others. Amen? You want to be, because it's a promised land. Guess what they said about the promised land? They come back, hey, you know what they said about it flows with milk and honey? Isn't that fantastic? God says, I will give you a land that flows with milk and honey. You can envision that already. Like we said before, milk comes from cows. I hope it's not goats. Let's believe it's cows. All right. So cows eat grass. Grass needs water. So it's a rich land. Honey. Where does honey come from? Restance? Come on. Bees and bees get it from... Flowers and flowers grow on plants of the plants. It's a rich land. God says, I'm going to give you a land that flows with milk and honey. They go there. Hey, it's true. It flows with milk and honey. Except there are giants in the land. Isn't Isn't it amazing how God tells you, I'm going to give you this, but he doesn't tell you the other part. Isn't it amazing if there was no fine print, you know, I'm going to give you a land that flows with milk and honey and then really small... But there are giants in the land, and they're of great stature. The cities are fortified, and you're like grasshoppers in your sight. And it's just crazy. When God calls you to something, as a Christian, it's like, yes, abundant life. Read the fine print, okay? To live in the abundant life, the power of his resurrection in our lives. How many of you want the power of his resurrection? Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. You want that? Okay. The fine print is if you're going to resurrect, you have to die. You still want it? It's like, come on, Joe, I'm going to call you to full-time ministry. Yes, Lord, I want to serve you. Papua New Guinea, among the tribes of the headhunters. See... God says, I'm going to give you this land. They've never owned anything. They're slaves. The first thing they taste is freedom. And it felt so good. But then they realize it's tough. Because before the slave master was just feed us. And now we have to look for food. We've never looked for food. There was a new routine. And so as they're receiving the report, the land does flow with milk and honey. But there are giants in the land. Okay. Three types of people I want you to look at. Just like there are three types of lands, I want you to look at the three types of people. Three kinds of people that see. Number one, there are those that see milk and honey. I don't know if you've ever met Christians like that. praise the Lord. Have you met Christians that, that just talk about the good life all the time? I'm blessed. What what is blessed? Blessed. What is blessed to you? What is being blessed to you? Lots of money? Is that blessed? Because money is not a gauge of blessing. Come on. Yeah, but when, when you hear Christians, <laughs> blessed. Yeah, but you don't know what's in the house. Hello? <laughs> we don't know. It's just a nice house. I'm sorry. I know somebody has, has experienced that recently milk and honey. You know what's the problem? If you follow people that just see milk and honey all the time, when they finally are confronted by giants, they're going to back off because they were looking at the milk and honey. They didn't prepare for the giants. And then the second type of person is the kind of Christian that just see the giants. They see the milk and honey, but their focus is on the giants. The 10 spies were like that there's always a. Have you met negative people? There's some that are milk and honey, siya, yeah, milk and honey. We want to get married. yeah, but there are giants in marriage. Have you met some of them? In your marriage, you will meet giants don't don't nudge your spouse but see a lot of young people they nin dito among lights fairy tale wedding yeah milk and honey And, you know all the sponsors as they listen to the cheesy vows that pastor jp imparted to them you are my five languages and Blah blah blah. And, and they're so in love with each other. All the sponsors, Gayam id. Some milk and honey. See. Don't think your Christian walk is is a nice walk in the park. Of course there is no park to walk in in Cebu. Mahul <laughs> Dapra. But then there are people who don't see the milk and honey, they focus on the giants. Have you met negative people? Inspire. offering, come back, windows of heaven, pour out blessings. You met people, they they look uglier than the milk and honey people. But the milk and honey people, they're floating. By the time they meet the giants, they forget about the milk and honey. Because they're not ready, then there are those who just will not get the milk and honey because they're so focused on the giants. Let's not fight, we're gonna lose anyway. You know, well, if you're gonna lose, at least fight. But then losers don't fight. So they wanna go back to Egypt. It's ridiculous to think you wanna go back to jail. But it's not unusual. Did Jesus set you free from sin and death? Have you met Christians who wanted to go back to sin? So quiet. Did you just feel that conviction just a while ago? It's not unusual. Like, hey, let's go. Praise God, Christian ako. Woo! Hallelujah. And then you meet a giant. It's the same as sin. Sin is like, praise God, I na delivered ako. Grabe, luha, etc. I'm crying, I'm weeping, and then you go out, and listen Monday, Christian, pugong, pugong. can't smoke with my friends, can't talk about green jokes, Balik it's not unusual. Excuse me, don't go back to Egypt. Challenge the giants. Amen. So the the negative kind are the ones that just see the giants and so they never get the milk and honey. And then the third kind is they're the ones who just see what God sees. And God sees you see the milk and honey, you see the giants, but you see your God is bigger than anything. You're not after the milk and honey, you're after God. You're not after you're not scared of the giants cuz you got God on your side. Did you ever wonder Why in the world did it say, I will give you a land that flows with milk and honey, dot, 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 and giants? He never said the giants part. Because if you're God, what's a giant? There's no such thing as a giant if you're God. Amen. And so when he he said milk and honey, that's the part he wanted them to focus on. But in reality, there were giants. And you want to live a blessed life, you're going to meet giants. Because it's not all about milk and honey. In fact, milk and honey will taste a lot better after you have slain the giant. And this is pretty hard because they're going to a land that God said is theirs. The the report, 10 said, We have that everywhere in the Philippines, right? It's your land, somebody else is living on it. You go there, my goodness, it's a whole community. (laughs) <laughs> there are sections of our city that is like that. They don't know how to get the, the land back. They just burn it. Bad suggestion. But imagine, I'm going to give you a land that flows with milk and honey. The 12 go to the 10s. They went to the mountains. There were giants there. They went to the sea, the shoreline, every place they went. Hittites, Amorites, Jebusites. All kinds of people were already, they'd go back. And God says, you know what? Drive out the inhabitants of the land. In other words, you're going to go there. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty crazy idea to think that you're going to go in and drive out the giants and say, this is ours because God told us it's ours. Lord, could you also tell them it's ours, Lord? God didn't tell them. He just told you. And so they have to go there and drive the giants out. The ten said, nah, let's just live here in the wilderness. Nobody's here. Problem with nobody's here. Yeah, there are no giants, but there's also no milk and honey. You're going to meet manna every day of your life? Are you kidding me? When you have freedom, you have option. (sighs) See, once upon a time in the Philippines, our parents just fed us white rice. That's all we ate, so nobody complained. It was just white rice every day. And then somebody brought pizza. And with the freedom from that, now we have an option. That's what's happening. Because with freedom comes options. And their option was, we can either stay here or go back to Egypt where we're fed. But I certainly don't want to drive out the land of the giants just for milk and honey. Have you ever lost the desire of milk and honey? Because the giants were just too big. There's a land that flows with milk and honey. Tara. Okay, I'm going to go away milk. No? Okay, have you met Christians like that? You want to be a Christian? Are you Christian? It's not an invitation to an easy life, but it is an invitation to a victorious life. And the only way you can be victorious is there's a fight. In other words, Christians are fighters. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Have you heard Christian prayer meetings? Oh, God, we're victorious. Really? You sound like a loser. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yo, the I know that victorious people are celebrating people. Amen. Now, you will not celebrate if there's no fight. The honey will taste better after you've taken it from the giant. Amen. And there's a lot of giants in Cebu. You want to do your own business, you'll meet a lot of giants. It's not all milk and honey. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever met somebody where in Lagsaligsa amahan they never have the character because they don't slay giants? The parents slayed all the giants, gave them milk and honey, and didn't want them to face any giants. They're going to lose the milk and honey. Amen. And so even when you want to get married, it's not all milk and honey. With freedom comes responsibility. Amen. And so, hey, some of them decided, let's just go back. It made God so angry. Numbers chapter 14, the next chapter, when they finally come to the, to the point wherein God is so angry now, I want you to see what God responds to the people who wanted to go back. Verse 24 of chapter Numbers 14, verse 24, God is saying, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, has followed me fully. I will bring into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. But my servant Caleb, just this one man. And of course, Joshua had a calling. And we give too much glory to Joshua to, sometimes because he has a whole book in the Bible. There is no book of Caleb. All right. There's a book of Joshua, but there's no book of Caleb. And here's what happens. God is so angry with them, and he said to them in verse 28, As I live, says the Lord, just as you, you have spoken in my hearing, I will do this to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness, all of you who are numbered, according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. Can you imagine that? Everyone that came out of Egypt and then complained, nah." We can't take the land that flows with milk and honey. They're giants. We want to go back to Egypt. God says, everyone that is 20 years old and above, you're going to die in the desert. You will die in the orange wilderness. Remember the map? You're going to die if you're 20. If you were 19, you made it. Everyone who's 20 and above, God said, as sure as I speak and as sure as I live, you will die. You're not going to take that. And then the next verse, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. My goodness, an entire generation that were slaves in Egypt come out, they complain, they have children now, and everyone who is 20 years old and above God says, you're all going to die, except Two exceptional people, Caleb and Joshua, because he has a book in the Bible. Okay? Except Caleb and Joshua. It wasn't even Joshua and Caleb. Can you imagine how you would feel? You got out of Egypt and a, uh, huh? And the journey just begun. Who wants to walk? Have you ever in a school been required by your teacher to submit the science report on Monday? And on Monday, teacher comes and says, okay, pass all your reports forward. And you all moan, oh, mom, not yet. There's always one geek in every class. Aye, mom, I. Have you met the guy that have you noticed there's always one? There's always one nerd who's got big glasses, closes his collar. I'm I have Sheldon. He's always got something ready. And the thing wrong with the exceptional person is he just confirms everybody else is bad. It just shows you guys are all lazy because how come Caleb was ever able to do it. There's always one. Do you know what it's like to live for 40 years when all these people were just cursed by God? The next day when Caleb comes out of his tent, hi guys, because he made them look bad, except Caleb and Joshua. I wonder if there could be exceptional people in this room today. That no matter what happens in our city and Christianity, there can be exceptional people. I wonder if you could have an exceptional church that would just stand out and says, Nah, we're going to fully obey the Lord. And when we fully obey the Lord, who cares about the giants? Our giant is bigger than their, their giants. Our giants, king of kings. Their giants, not a real giant. I wonder if you could be that exceptional person who takes your independence and is responsible and mature enough to say, hmm, my God is bigger than all of that. I'm going to take the milk and honey and I'm going to drive them out of the land. I'm going to get my inheritance. God says, I'm going to give the inheritance to Joshua and Caleb. In fact, the passage before that, I'm going to give my land, the inheritance to Caleb. Wow. You come out the next day, nobody's talking to Joshua and Caleb. They'll do that to a church too. If a church becomes exceptionally strong and blessed, you know what, it makes all the other churches look bad. And all the churches, do are false teaching, prosperity. People come and, Pastor, you're a friend waterfront. A little bit unethical to ask? They just want to talk about it. Why do people like to talk against exceptional things? They want to talk against exceptional people because it confirms their existence is a failure. And you want to make sure you are exceptional. You go into your office. I pray you are the exceptional person in the office. And then you come to this place. I pray that you are the exceptional person in City Church. Amen. You're the bringer. And the one that you brought is the bringee. Something like that. And the more you develop your bringee, they become a bringer too. And that's how the church grows. But while you're in church, I pray that you would be so exceptional to reach out to somebody who believes in the same God that you believe. But you've never spoken to them. Hi, Christian. Say hello to somebody and be exceptional. Walk out of this place. Say hello to some person dressed in black. Say, good job, guys. You did good. in production. Amen. Go to the worship team. Just appreciate them. Be exceptional. You know what? If you're not exceptional, you'll never enjoy the milk and honey. And if all you got was milk and honey, but you didn't slay the giants, dawat I was telling this morning in high school, we were required uh, as a subject in high school they don't have anymore called practical arts. And at one point, we had to, we had to go to the back of the school, and we cultivated the land, and each one of the guys— had a, had a plot of land, and, and it so happened that that season, we were all going to plant pechay. Now, I am, by nature, carnivorous. That's why I got a heart attack before, because I never really ate vegetables. Now I eat vegetables like anything. It's good for you, by the way. Selah, Selah, let it, it sink in. And so we planted pechay, and, and we watered it every afternoon, and we took the weeds out. After a couple of months, it was time to harvest. It was fun. We, we were so proud of our pechay. And so we were allowed to bring home, out of about 24 or 30 plants, the teacher gave us all. We could, could take the two of the best pechay and bring it home to our families. The rest, he, 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 the teacher brought home. I don't know what he did with it, but some teachers are like that, okay? So, so I went home, and I was so proud to bring my milk and honey. Because the giant that I had to slay was the everyday routine of watering it. It, it wasn't that pechay or this chai. It was my chai. That's so how I brought it home, and I showed my, my mom. This is my Oh, it's so good. You know, mothers, when you do something good, that's my child. That's my child. And so we, guess what we had for dinner? chai. I don't like chai. but I want to tell you, because it was mine. I ate it. <laughs> and it's good. It's good. told my brothers, this is good. Huh? good. Yeah, come on, it's good. It's my milk and honey because I, I slew a giant. It feels good when you slay a giant. Your, your milk and honey tastes a lot better. Amen. So what do you see? Do you see milk and honey? because there are Christians that like like that they they think faith is I'm so blessed I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed no don't equate wealth financial wealth as blessing amen cuz you just might have nothing but be blessed and so there are those who see milk and honey. In love kay ko, guapa Praise the Lord. Wow, bahala na si Katriona. Nakoy ako ang Miss Universe. Every day, siya na. Wow! I mean, she does the walk for you. Every day. I'm blessed. Wait till you meet the giants. Because once she's upset with you, muyaw yosha. Her beauty doesn't change, but your perception of her changes. That's what happens. But when you overcome your giant, ah, milk and honey taste good. Except Caleb. Wow. And so it goes on. I don't have time, but God curses them. He says, except in verse 30, Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Joshua, the son of Nun. That's actually Nun. You shall by no means enter the land which I swore you, but your little ones whom you, who you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know that the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. And you know what? Except Caleb and Joshua. Remember, Moses is still alive. Can you imagine just Moses Hearing God's voice telling Caleb and Joshua, the people, only Caleb and Joshua. And you're Moses. (coughs) Uh, hmm? Uh. And did you know, if you fast forward the story, Moses, even Moses doesn't enter the promised land. He leads the people for 40 years and then just when he sees it, God says, you're not going to enter, you're going to die here. All because he disobeyed. He got angry at one point at the people. And he struck the rock twice the second time. Instead of actually speaking the rock, he was inaccurate in his obedience. God says, "Nah, you're going to die here. God himself buried his bones. Nobody knows where Moses is laid. Who cares? Those are bones anyway. Now, I'm not saying he didn't go to heaven. I believe he's a champion. He's in the hall of faith. Amen. But he didn't step into the promised land. And of course, if you and I were Moses, have you met people You When you complain, your, your lips... God says you're not going to enter either. Except two exceptional people who might just be sitting in this room. In an exceptional church, in an exceptional city, we just might be able to make a difference and receive the promise from the Lord. But it's going to take slaying your giants. There's no such thing as, I want to be in full-time ministry. It's going to be so nice. It's going to be nice, but there's giants. Don't worry, God will take care of it if you would just trust Him. Except Caleb and Joshua. Okay. And so, in verse 38... 38, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. So what happens is, if you fast forward now, they now enter the land. They destroy Jericho, and then Ai, they got defeated. They fought back. They defeated Ai, and they took town after town after town until they practically occupied all that God said would be theirs led by Joshua and Caleb. Moses had already died. Are you keeping up? So now that they've crossed the Jordan River, they're leave- they've left the wilderness, the orange part. Finally, they are standing on the promised land. All the people that were 20 and under have died. Fast forward in Joshua chapter 14. And I want you to see something real important that happens. Are you keeping up with me? Yeah. Joshua chapter 14, in verse 6, The children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me, in Kadesh Barnea. This is Caleb and Joshua talking to each other. I was 40 years old then. When Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my children, my brethren, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt, but I fully, wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord your God. Remember, Moses wasn't telling Joshua and Caleb. Moses was telling jo- Caleb, the land's going to be yours. He didn't even say Joshua and Caleb. He said, Caleb, because you have fully obeyed the Lord, when you enter into that land, that land will be your inheritance. Nevertheless, uh, so Moses swore on that day, saying, surely the land will foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God and now behold the Lord has kept me alive this is Caleb saying as he said these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness and now here I am this day 85 years old so Caleb's now 85 years old for 45 years He's been fighting giants. And now that he's 85, he says in verse 11, And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Both for going out and coming in. In other words, guys, that was 45 years ago. Moses told me that land would be mine. Because I wholly follow the Lord. He didn't even say it's going to be mine and Joshua's. He said it would be mine. And now I'm 85 years old, he says. I haven't gotten any older. Isn't it fantastic when you obey God? He gives you this supernatural strength to be able to do life according to his will. He says, now I'm 85 years old. Now, I don't want to ask you this question because I ask myself this question. When you've taken Canaan already, You practically defeated all the enemies except some. The ones that they saw, the sons of Anak, who were giants, who lived in fortresses. They were still there. They've got the Sea of Galilee, the plain of Sharon, the Jordan River. They're going to build a beautiful nation called Israel. They've already gotten the land and they've killed or driven out the enemy. The only ones that are left are the real big enemies. They didn't touch them because they're really big. If that was you and after 85 years old there's a young generation now that's taking over. Wouldn't you just like to, you know, 85 You rightfully can actually say that. You can actually choose Wherever you want to build your house. See, Joshua is about to divide the land between the tribes. Caleb could have actually said, Moses. That's all mine. He could have said that, but he didn't. He could have actually said, You know, I want the land next to the Sea of Galilee so I can have a lakeside house. And every morning I can just go down, lean on a tree, cast... A line and just fish the whole day. Get some grass. Put it in my mouth. You know, you know not, not this grass. But. Tut pick grass, ma. Come on, Asad. I'm just going to relax. I've been doing this for 45 years. You guys were less than 20 years old when we did this. Now we've defeated the enemies already. Can you guys just take over and you guys do it? You think... You think this fighter of an exceptional man called Caleb wanted to retire and relax? He could have. He I said, you know, I just, just get me some jet skis and some kayaks. And I want to wake up every morning and I want to look, look at the Sea of Galilee and just, ah, oh, this is nice land. I love the milk and honey. And then my children and my children's children, you, you, go, you go finish the fight. You know what Caleb does? He doesn't ask for the best land. He could have asked for the best land. I mean, it's all his now. He didn't have to really divide it. He could have asked for, give me the choice property. prime The next verse goes like this. He says in verse 12, Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in the day that you heard in the day how the Anakim were there, That the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord God had said. What kind of exceptional man is this that, after 45 years of hard work, now steps on the promised land? He has a whole army that is victorious. He could have actually said, Guys, come on, Assad, you take it. You know what? You just couldn't take out the warrior out of Caleb, 85 years old. And he says, hey, everything's good except that land over that mountain over there. We've never, we've never attacked them. He says, give me that mountain because if God is, is going to bless me, I'm going to destroy those Anakites. I'm going to kill all those giants and destroy their fortified cities. I'm going to take that land. Give me that mountain. I meet some people sometimes and 40 years old says you know what 45 I want to retire retire and then what are you going to do oh, i'm just going to lean against a tree and cast a fishing rod in the lake get some grass and enjoy the spoils of all my hard work now as far as Caleb is concerned if the work isn't done the work isn't done i'm not not going to let anybody else do it i'm going to do the work because i started it i want to finish it that's an exceptional person in Jesus' name. That's a servant right there. That's not a feeling of entitlement. No, give me the best lot. Kinanglan, none of that stuff. It's not like we're gonna build a building. We have the best I have the best office. You guys have what's left over. No. I want to make sure they get everybody gets the best. That's what Caleb did. I'm gonna give the best to everybody else. And the worst, it's that mountain. That's why nobody touched it. Nobody wants to challenge it. And he says, Give me that mountain. Where is the church that would want to do that? Where are the people that say, milk and honey. Says, na, as long as there's a giant, yeah, one day they're gonna come and get our milk and honey. Let's finish the job. Let's finish what we started. And you know, if you read onwards, after that, the Lord just blessed Israel with peace. Because Caleb was an unusual person. I did who decided I'm gonna finish the land, finish the job, kill all the giants. He always saw things the way God saw it. He never just looked at the milk and the honey. Praise the Lord, in Dutas a Christian life now. He recognized there was a balance, nasa gigante. And as long as there's giants, we will never enjoy the milk and honey in peace. We got to destroy all the giants. Your other option stay in the wilderness or go back to Egypt. But you and I already decided at the beginning of all of this it is foolish to go back to Egypt. Can I make it more real to you? I'll go back to the world. Just don't go back to sin and the worldliness. You got out of it. Don't return. Keep going forward. It's unusual. It's awkward. It's a challenge. It's hard. But you will never enjoy the sweetness of honey unless you destroy the giant yourselves. And if you've already got so much milk and honey, but the work isn't finished, you'll never enjoy the milk and honey in peace. The exceptional person, I'm 85 years old. I'm going to take this. See, this is such a challenge to my life because personally I was on the trajectory of thinking, man, next month I'm gonna be 64. Wow. This guy's 85. That means 21 more years of this stuff. Lord, <sighs> and we could actually say, none of my Pastor JP, none of Pastor Brian. Pastor Herbert, and that's gale, like Gail, and that's like Dindi. Now all the good team. I mean, there's, there's guys at the back like Raymond and Jack and all the ladies that serve there. There's, there's so many. Like I said, I'm so tempted to do that. And then we read this scripture. And this 85-year-old man just wouldn't quit. He just would not sit on his rocking chair and just rock his way and thing thongs without his front teeth anymore. Faith, the Lord. Nah, the guy still wanted to fight. And I pray you would be so exceptional, not blinded by being blessed. You know what blessing to Joshua and Caleb was? To be blessed, give me another fight. That's what a blessing is to them. I want another victory. I'm not satisfied with all the victories. I want to I do more so that your name will be glorified completely and holy. I want to follow you holy. And since I'm a Christian, I'm going to go all the way and I'm not turning back in Jesus' name. And I pray that's you. I dare you to go out of your comfort zone, even to reach people. Just talk to them. They're in church. Break out of that. The giant of shyness that every Cebuano has, just get out, say, Hi, I'm Joe. Just talk to them. And girls, if a guy is talking to you in city church, it's not always they like you and they're going to ask you for dinner, to dinner. Because that's what Filipino people do when they talk to a girl. The girl's on defense mode. Yeah, yeah. And if it's a guy talking to a guy, yeah, yeah, we are so... Suspicious of everything, but I pray in this room you can trust everybody. Just reach out to people, same gender if possible. If she's pretty, bring your wife with her so you're covered. If she's ugly, bring your wife with you so you're covered. I mean, get the milk and the honey, but slay the giants. And if the job's not finished, don't rest in Jesus' name. So, if you want to be a Christian. Get ready for hard life, but it's a victorious hard life because hard life with victory feels good versus good life without victory. Father, we thank you for your exceptional son whom you sent to die on the cross to take on all the giants of the kingdom of darkness single-handedly. And since we are following the example of Jesus, may we never think that being a Christian is thank you for how the Apostle Paul said I want to know you Lord Jesus I want to know him in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings not loving my life even unto death may we recognize that the freedom of our Christianity carries with it the responsibility of making the right choices maturity maturity. The kind Christian, Lord, they just want a good life, retire early, live in blessing. That's not blessing. That's a cop-out of a comfort zone. Challenge your giants because your God is bigger than any giant that you face. In Jesus' name.